All right, family, we are live. We are live. We are live. Uh, if you are tuning in for your very first time, again, I want to thank you for tapping in and checking out this morning's Power Call. We've been meeting for a few months now, I believe. I don't know how many months, but a few months now. Every Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. Central Time is going to be the same link. It's going to be the same passcode. Share it with your friends. Our goal is to, our next goal is to get over 200 people on this Zoom live with us, learning, studying, growing. If you're on for your first time, please take notes because at the very end, I always like to ask for feedback. What stood out for you? You know, what impacted you? Because we never know, man. Your testimony and something that stood out for you may be the little nugget and perspective that somebody else needed all across the world and you was able to help them by you just giving your perspective. So please don't be afraid to share at the very end. Also, if you are uh, not a registered member of the Nation of Islam and you would like to just check it out, you know, not join if you're not ready to join. That's between you and God. But this Friday, I would like for you to be my guest to go check out you know, your local Muhammad Master study group in person to see how it is. And uh, if you're interested in doing that, go to www.noistudygroup.com. That's www.noistudygroup.com. And a sister is going to reach out to you and help you with uh, the instructions. All right. So let's go ahead and uh, get right to the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan again. This lecture series is it's a series. So we're going to be on this all week. So if you know a mother that's pregnant right now, please, please, please send out this link. You can even do it right now. If y'all know somebody who's pregnant, a family who's pregnant, this is for men and women. The process, the mindset we need to have. Some of the things that women need to stay away from. Some of the things we as brothers got to start doing. So this how to, how to give birth to a God series is very important, and I know y'all ain't running around here just not having sex. I know you're having sex. <laughs> I know you're having sex. So you might as well go ahead and tune in because you never know. You may have asked Sister Yasina your sister, your sister, your to say, oh, oopsie, baby. You may have one of them things, and at least you'll already be mentally prepared. You'll already have the notes to deal with it, okay? All right, let's get right to it. Elijah Muhammad that we have been given through his teacher, Master Farad Muhammad, the substance, the how-to to come up out of the condition that we are in today. Many people come before us and excite us, arouse us, get us emotional because we're an emotional, God-seeking people. But what we need today is right direction. In bringing on Brother Farrakhan, allow me to read to you from the Holy Quran from the 57 Surah, the Iron. Whatever is in the heavens and whatever is in the earth declares the glory of Allah and He is the mighty, the wise. His is the kingdom of the heavens and the earth. He gives life and causes death and He is possessor of power over all things. Those of us who would be teachers and leaders of the people those of us who have been blessed to wake up and hear the call of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad through Minister Farrakhan now have a duty to bring the rest of our people to that right guidance. Why? Because Allah says he is possessor of power over all things which leaves us with no thing except through his grace and through his mercy. So it is important brothers and sisters that we all when we see the truth 
not get concerned with whether we should be the center of attention of the people, but that we bring them when we see right guidance. We can see through the works of Brother Farrakhan that being with him is giving us right guidance. We can never say that any guidance that has been given to us from him has been wrong if we adhere to it as the Honorable Elijah Muhammad instructed us to do. So we don't want to delay bringing him on any further. He has a message of substance today. Something that, as the Quran says, only those accept who listen. That if we listen to what he has to say today, we can, by the grace of Allah, walk away from here with another piece of wisdom that will help us come up out of this condition. Let us welcome our brother with a warm round of applause and listen to him carefully, our brother, Minister Louis Farrakhan. Assalamualaikum. In the name of Allah, the Beneficent, the Merciful, I bear witness that there is no God but Allah, and I bear witness that Muhammad is his messenger. I greet all of you in our listening audience and here at the Final Call Administration Building with the greeting words of peace. Assalamu alaikum. Uh, dear beloved uh, brothers and sisters, it is a great privilege once again for me to have uh, this opportunity to share this time with you in prayerful thought and consideration of the aim and purpose of Allah, which is the resurrection of our people from a state of mental death and ignorance. Through the guidance that has been given to us from the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, most of us um, who are believers of Christianity have Bibles. I do not know how many of us take the time to read the Bible. And as Muslims, most of us have Qur'ans. I do not know how much time we take in the study of the words of Allah. But thanks to the guidance coming to us from the lessons and teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, we can look at the Bible and look at the Qur'an and it begins to open up its inner meaning and truth that we may not be surface dwellers skirting on the surface of wisdom but that we like intelligent students of a wise teacher should be made to understand that as pearls are found in the depth of the sea and as gold is found in the rich deep veins of the earth and so are diamonds and all treasures, so are the treasures of God found in our deeper perusal, study of his word. 
I am especially appealing to those who are students of the Bible, students of the Quran, and students and followers of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. Our duty as students is to delve into that which a master teacher has brought us. If you believe that a master teacher has been in our midst and left with us a body of knowledge, then if we respect that teacher and respect ourselves, it is our duty to delve into the word that he has given us. By delving deeply into the word, our first impressions never remain. For our first impressions of knowledge or wisdom are our initial impressions from a cursory glance at knowledge. But our second and third and fourth and fifth impressions come from a deeper, more conscious and deliberate painstaking study of a word. Now, as you go deeper into the sea, you meet newer forms of life. As you go higher into the words of wisdom of God, you are transformed into a higher expression of that wisdom. So that what once was is not now. And what is now is not what shall be. For anything that is stagnant or static is not in harmony with God the Creator. For Allah in His attributes is the nurturer of something or all things from their initial stage and a provider for that thing in its growth and development until it reaches its eventual perfection. Yes, and what I find among us as students is that we oftentimes get comfortable with a certain degree right. Right. of understanding. Yes, and when that degree of understanding rewards us, we want to hold on to that degree of understanding and say, I've got it now. I've got it. But Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, said that he who goes out in search of knowledge is in the path of God until he returns. You are in the path of God as long as you continue to seek knowledge. But when you return, that means you think you have found it. And when you think you have found it, indeed, you have lost it. For the path of knowledge is an infinite path. The path of growth toward God is an infinite path. And therefore, you and I must continue to grow. For stagnation is death and death is the degenerative process. So... With that as a foundational stone 
of today's lecture. This is a subject that has been growing in me for 15 years. I first uh, began thinking on this subject matter about 1972 or 3, so it's a little older uh, than that, or just about 15 years. And so today, I don't think I can cover all that I want to say on this subject in this short amount of uh, limited time. But I want to say things today that will hopefully open up your minds to think ever more deeply about who you are and what you are and what contribution it is possible for you to make yes, in changing the reality under which all of us live. We are not just here to be here. We are all here to make a contribution to the onward march and evolutionary development of man in his pathway to God. We have not uh, known the value of ourselves. We have not loved ourselves properly and in not loving ourselves as men, we have not loved our women. In not respecting ourselves, we could not show adequate respect, proper respect for our women. And so we live in a world of great pain and sorrow, great anxiety and stress, where murder, lying, stealing, adultery, abominable, behavior is the order of the day and this is not accidental. We are not born into the world necessarily to be criminals. That is not God's will. It is not God's will that we be liars and thieves and rapists and homosexuals. It is not God's will that we be fiends and berserkers and beasts in human form but the reality is that that is what we are confronted with daily as a mother of such children I ask every mother and every potential mother what burden do you bear in producing children that are a scourge to you and to the earth how do you feel mother when you behold your son not sacrificing in the way of God for the benefit of humanity, but when you behold your son, your flesh, your blood, a thief, a liar, a rapist, a murderer, a drug addict, a prostitute, a lowlife, a degenerate, what does this make a mother feel? And what relationship is there to the pain of Eve because of her rebellion against the commandments of God that she would bear her children in pain? Does this mean just that 
you should have pain in childbirth? No. The pain of childbirth is a natural thing, but the pain that the scripture is talking about is not the natural pain of childbirth, which leads to the joy of the birth of something new and wonderful. But the pain is that you bring forth children into the world that will one day curse you and give you the mother pain. Your own children make your life burdensome and miserable and you die in pain because you have left behind you children that cannot cope with the realities of this life. Sons who are still waiting for you to give them something though they're 20, 30, and 40 years old. Your children are born and they die giving their parents pain. Pain to the mother, pain to the father, pain for what reason? To show you and me that something is wrong. Something is wrong with the way we live. Something is wrong with the world in which we live. And this world came through the minds of men that have fallen short of the glory of God. And if something new and better is to come about, it must come about through men and women who are careful of the way they think, careful of the way they live, careful of the foods that they eat careful of their obedience to the laws of God. Now bear with me because as a student of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad whom many condemn who love him I believe and follow him would that you would be deeper in your understanding but by the grace of God we all shall grow, for it is Allah's will that we grow. But pay attention with a critical ear, if you will, with an ear that listens for hypocrisy, if you will, with an ear that is filled with doubt, if you will. But listen and then weigh what I say against what the Honorable Elijah Muhammad has put before the world. Then if you can justifiably condemn this that I teach in his name, then come on and do so. But you will not be able to. Now, beloved, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad was a man that wanted to strengthen the family. I say was not because he's non-existent, but that his presence among us was past, is past. His physical presence, his spiritual presence is quite alive. Why strengthen the family? Why strengthen the institution of marriage? Because if there is no strong family, there can be no strong people or nation. In the holy world, which is in the east, the punishment of death passes upon the adulterer. The punishment of death passes upon the fornicator. You that have a Bible, the law given to Moses, who was not just a law giver, 
But Moses was a nation and civilization builder. Yes, sir. And when you're building a civilization, there must be strong law to protect the woman, to protect the family, to protect the institution of marriage. So the punishment that Moses gave for adultery was to stone the guilty party to death. Why stone the adulterer and the adulteress? Because the violation of the word or commitment that one has made to the other in the presence of God is a violation of the upward journey toward God. Follow me. The violation of your own vows made to one another, our vows made to one another, is the violation of our upward journey toward God. I'll explain in a minute. The violation of these vows and the woman opening her legs to a stranger and a man going in to a strange woman, the manifestation of such breaks the family if it breaks the family scatters the husband and the wife it damages and makes insecure the children and there is a whole consequence of activity that comes when the family is broken apart so if you want a strong people if we want a strong nation then we must produce strong men and women with strong commitment to each other through the institution of marriage the honorable Elijah Muhammad wanted us to marry and he said to us that Almighty God Allah hated divorce Allah says in the Quran that he hates divorce and even in the Catholic Church today they don't like divorce and if you divorce there was a time when you would be excommunicated from the church and there is a reason for that even though young men and women today get into marriage as though it is a joke we take marriage as a a pastime, a plaything. Our word to each other and our word to God is not serious. We have no real commitment. And so when we say for better or worse, we mean only for the better. When we say in sickness and in health, we really mean and only in health. And when we say for richer or poorer, we mean you better have some money, honey. When we say till death us do part, we are saying until the death of this marriage, then we are part. Yes. But we, are, we have no commitment to any longevity. That's right. We go into marriage with a thought in mind of getting out of it if it doesn't work. Yes. We go into marriage with the thought that we will not commit ourselves to fight like hell to make it work.
to my young brothers and sisters who are listening. I don't want you to get bored because I'm coming right home to you in just a minute. Whether you are 10 years old, 9 years old, 8 years old, 14 years old, I'll be talking into your heart, into your head in just a few moments. All I want you to do, all I want you to do is just lend me your ear for the time that we will be together. I don't ask you to believe that I have nothing to do with that. I certainly can't ask you to disbelieve. I won't ask you to do that. But all I'll ask you to do is to listen to what we have to say. My dear beloved brothers and sisters, by our not taking serious our commitment to marriage, we don't take serious the commitment to the journey of life. What are you saying, Farrakhan? I'm saying this. Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, said, Marriage is one half of faith. If marriage is one half of faith, marriage is one half of the journey to God. For the word marriage in Arabic is nikah, which means to unite. It does not mean that you are united when the vows are spoken. But it means you have made a commitment to struggle for the unity of two souls. Two independent beings. Two independent essences that come from one originator. But it is a struggle to unite. Anything of value presents a difficulty factor as we have studied. And so the difficulty factor in life itself means that God had to have created us to face the difficulty, not turn our back on the difficulty, not run from the difficulty. But God has brought us into a difficult life and given us the wherewithal with his help to overcome all obstacles that lie in the pathway of our progress toward him. Marriage is a part of the journey. Why do you say that? No man knows who and what he is without marriage. And this is why the Quran does not condone being a monk. The Quran does not condone being a nun. Because this is something that God has not put on you. This is something that you put on yourself. God has not instructed in neither the Bible nor the Holy Quran for a man to be a eunuch. God has not asked the Pope to take a vow that he will not touch a woman. God has not asked the Father or the Cardinal to take a vow that you will not touch a woman. Even though you ache so to do and do. God has not asked the woman to take a vow not to have a man. Because the very growth and development of you as a person is your struggle to overcome the difficulty factor in uniting the male with the female and the female with the male. And by any man denying himself that joy, that pleasure, and that struggle and that pain is denying themselves a part of the journey toward God himself. So Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, said marriage is one half 
of faith. And any man that will walk away from a woman who has given him life, who has nurtured his babies for him and changed their diapers and cleaned his clothes and cooked his food, and yet after a few years he gets tired and walks away, that is a man that will walk away from God. That is a man that will walk away from his commitment to the divine being when things get rough. Don't tell me I won't do it. I'll be faithful to God. We can tell how faithful you'll be to God by how faithful you are to little things. And marriage is not a little thing. It's a big thing in the eyes of God. All praise is due to Allah. I'm so full with this message today. I pray that Allah will bless me to get it out and you with ears to at least listen. And you that condemn and find fault with me. If you can find fault with the beauty of that which God is bringing forth from me. Then I say to you, go on and attack God. For if I were an ugly man in his sight, why would he use me to bring forth that which some of you have never even thought of? Why would God use me to bring forth guidance for a nation of people that will live long after my flesh is turned to dust? I say to you, you are in danger, not I, but you are in danger who play with this that God is giving to me for you through the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. I warn you in the name of Allah, leave me alone if you don't like me. Leave me alone. Because God is certainly with me and will give you hell if you rise up against me. If you walk out on your commitment to marriage, which is a trial at best, oh, it starts off so beautiful, so full of love and tenderness and service one to the other. But in a little while, we get familiar. In a little while, the words turn cold. In a little while, the actions get funny because we begin to learn things about each other that we did not know before. How are you going to handle it? The Bible said that a man would go forth sowing a seed. And as he sowed the seed, some of the seeds fell on stony ground. And, and some fell by the wayside. And some were planted deep in fertile soil. And Jesus said, this sower that goes forth to sow is, of course, the Jesus himself bringing truth. And the field is the hearts of men. There are some men that receive the seed with joy. And by and by, the evil one comes and steals it from you. So many of you get into marriage and you're so happy on the day you marry. Oh, you look so pretty, the world says. Beautiful bride, wasn't she? Handsome groom, wasn't he? Everybody goes broke trying to give you gifts. And six months later, the gifts hardly worn out. 
Your marriage is worn out before the dishes break. Your marriage is worn out before the coffee percolates in the pot. Your marriage is worn out. Worn out for what? Because you never intended to make your word bond and thereby bring forth life. And so marriage is a trial. Some get married like the sower of the seed and by and by they receive it with joy but by and by the cares of the world come and choke out the word and it becomes unprofitable. Some of us get married and at first it's very happy and joyous. There's bliss. When you see one, you see the other. When you see the other, you see the one. But by and by, when you see one, you never see the other. And when you see the other, you never see the one. And when they come together, they look like they're in strain and in pain with each other. What has happened? What has happened? The cares of the world have come up to choke out the word that you have given to one another. And it becomes unprofitable. And before you know it, there's abuse. Abuse of the woman. She abuses herself. He abuses himself and abuses her. Battered women is not a phenomenon in the world. Men have become so cold and callous, so filled with lack of understanding of life itself, that they crush their women. They cannot cope with the minds of their women. They cannot cope with her arguments. So they beat her down with their fists as though they're beating another man. Women today are battered. They live in homes with men who claim to love them, but every day fisticuffs breaking out. The man beating the woman so that the woman is fearful of her life. How can you live in fear in a home and produce the right kind of offspring? How can you live under that kind of tyranny and produce children who recognize what love is and what justice is and what mercy is and what tenderness is? You are producing wicked children because you live under environmental circumstances that make you able to produce a devil. I know what Elijah Muhammad taught. He's my father. But let me help you to understand what he taught and why he taught it. You abuse your wives and you abuse your children. We don't set up a just rule in the house. We don't do justice by our children in judging them with justice. We play favorites. While at the same time, we condemn the white man for favoring his own white people and setting up a law that disfavors you and me. But in our homes, we produce children. And some of us prefer the lighter over the darker, so we favor the lighter and suppress the darker. Some of us favor the girl over the boy or the boy over the girl. So we openly show favoritism to the girl, to the detriment of the boy or to the boy, to the detriment of the girl. 
We all have our favorites. We all have our unjust dealings in the home, not realizing or thinking or even contemplating or taking second thought about what it is that we're setting up and what the consequences will be. You build your own world, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad taught. You can make it a heaven for yourself or you can make it a hell. Heaven and hell, he said, are two conditions of life. You can make either one. So you have a responsibility in this. You can't duck out and say, the white man did it. And you don't have a hand in this. You are either a willing agent of his in your own destruction, or you're a willing agent of God in your reconstruction. Let's look now. I'm going to move on. I realize that the broadcast is almost just about 20 minutes from completion. And I have not even gotten into the core of the subject matter. But I want you to pay attention. And if you are driving nearby, just come on in. And if you can't come, then you call 994 5775 and you ask for the tape of today's lecture. I know it's hot, but it's hotter yet. Yes. Now, what are you doing when you batter yourself? What are you doing when you abuse yourself? How can a woman bring you a good child and you beating her? How do you treat her when she's pregnant with your life? What do you think about her as she grows more full with your life? How do you handle her? Not her body, but her mind. And mother, how do you handle yourself? You know, the time to prepare for motherhood and fatherhood is when you're a child. Therefore, a mother has a heavy responsibility. Fathers do too, but I'm going to get to you, Father, in a minute. Because I don't care how heavy your responsibility is, Father. It don't equal in no way the responsibility of a mother and a woman. I'll explain to you in a minute. I'm not putting you down. I'm picking you up, if you understand. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad said, 75% of his work was with the woman, and 25% of his work was with the man. What does that mean to you? If 75% of his work is with the woman, how important are you? What was his work anyway? Elijah Muhammad was no organizational leader. Elijah Muhammad was not just a little cheap educator and school builder. Elijah Muhammad was not just some man to give you a farm and set up a factory or some little cheap business for you to get into and make money. Elijah Muhammad was so much more than that. You say, was he a messenger? I say he was so much more than that. Messenger is one of the cheap titles. 
A messenger is only a man that gives a message. But he is a man who is the architect and the father of a whole new civilization. That ain't no messenger. He only used that title because it would be too much for you and me to really understand who in fact he really was and is. And if you cannot accept him in the lowest rung of his titles, how then will you be able to accept him in those other titles that tell you more about him and the great work that he was commissioned by Allah to do, not just for black people, but for the whole of humanity? And how can you help him get his message to the whole of humanity if you continue to speak baby language? What do you mean, baby language? A baby is a person that speaks only a language that he himself can understand. And a mother who loves him can try to understand what the coo mean or what the mean and mean. Another baby in the crib may not even understand what the other baby is, but they communicate. In the lessons given to us by Master Farad Muhammad, to whom praise is due forever, he said, don't continue to use baby language. And some of us thought he meant swearing or profanity. And profanity is the misuse of language. We don't have to curse to make our points. That is baby language, but that is baby language on the surface. What is real baby language? Baby language is that which only allows you to communicate with others in the crib with you. But when you grow up out of baby expression, then you can communicate to the intelligent scholars and scientists of the world. And they will not be able to ostracize you or isolate you and put you in a crib because of your cheap language and mentality. But you will be able to talk to the world. This is why the Honorable Elijah Muhammad in his last message to us said he never raised us up to be mockers of another people or mockers of other people. He don't want you mocking people who don't have the base of wisdom of yourself. He wants you to teach them and that is why he taught you. But if you continue in the old expression of you yourself when you are a child in the wisdom, how then will you grow up to be like Paul? When I was a child, I speak as a child. Because I thought and understood like a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish expression and began to speak like a man. And the world will understand the donkey when he speaks with a man's voice. Why do you think the government of America is excited and the Jews are excited over Farrakhan? Is it because I speak the language of children? No, I speak the language and the tongue of angels.
The Honorable Elijah Muhammad made it against the law for a brother to strike his wife. He put us out of the society for 90 days for the first offense, six months for the second offense, because it is wrong, wrong, wrong for a man to beat a woman. I say it again, it is wrong, wrong, wrong for a man to beat a woman. Why is it wrong for you to beat a woman? The Honorable Elijah Muhammad says, when you teach a man, you teach an individual. When you teach a woman, you teach a nation. When you beat a man, you beat an individual. When you beat a woman, fool, you beat a nation. You must think about your actions and the consequences thereof. The beating of our wives, the abusing of ourselves is forbidden by God. Look at you, young sisters and brothers. Here you are in front of me, young men, 8, 9, 10, 12, 14, 16 years of age. What are you doing with yourself? signs of being a man today is that you must smoke. Signs of being a man today is you must take a drink. If you don't smoke or you don't drink in this society, you're not a real man. So you must be the best men that there are on earth because of how many cigarettes you smoke and how much alcohol you drink if this is the sign of manhood, why didn't God give us all a mother with a breast that distills whiskey to us rather than milk? With each puff that we inhale, at least 4,000 different chemicals come into our bodies. These include toxic hydrogen cyanide, carbon monoxide, nitrogen dioxide gases, and four dozen compounds such as benzopyrene and radioactive polonium-210. All our known carcinogens, all these chemical vapors in tobacco smoke get deposited in the mouth, the nose, the throat, the lungs in a coating of burnt plant resins called tar. It is in this tar that most of the cancer-inducing potential of tobacco smoke lies. Then in a scenario typical of chronic heavy drinkers, 
most of whom also smoke. Our smokers feel thirsty and they wash down that smoke coating in their mouths and throat with whiskey, wine or beer. The alcohol in his drink is not in itself a carcinogen, but it may act as a solvent dissolving the tar-trapped tobacco poisons and easing the transport of carcinogens across the membranes of the body. Are you listening? The smoker continues to drink. Soon he lights another cigarette and inhales deeply. Behind his embattled lungs, meanwhile his liver has gone on full alert to save his life. This three-pound chemical factory called the liver, which cleans most toxins from the bloodstream, reacts to alcohol as a foreign substance and metabolizes 95% of it into other chemicals. But in turning its energy to clearing just one half ounce of pure alcohol, the amount in a standard drink per hour from the drinking smoker's blood, the liver's other metabolic functions suffer a sharp decrease. Now, if the liver is to clear the toxins from your body, and every time you put alcohol in your system, the liver is on alert and goes to work to cleanse your system of this poison, thereby sharply decreasing its function of clearing other poisons from your body, then the drinker and the smoker continues to build up toxins in the body until you become a toxic waste dump site. Getting ready to be buried somewhere. Toxic waste. Are you listening? While battling alcohol, the liver puts aside another important function, clearing fat from the bloodstream. An excess of fatty substances called lipids and fat byproducts begin to clog the bloodstream. Look at you now. At the same time, chemicals from cigarette smoke are increasing the coagulating tendency of the blood. As thickening blood begins to clog the capillaries, blood cells carrying food and oxygen struggle to reach each of the body's cells. You're a smoker and a drinker at a young age, but at the same time, you're producing sperm. At the same time, you're producing an egg that will one day be the future of you and the future of life on the earth. You're producing an egg that is already deficient. You're producing a sperm that is already deficient. And this deficient sperm is going to contact a deficient egg. And you wonder why you only live 60, 70, 40, 30 years while the old patriarchs live 500, 600, 7, 8, 900 years and you can't make a hundred without falling apart. It is not that God is against you. It is that you are against God in your lifestyle. Now what is the effect of this? on a pregnant woman. Here you're already beaten by the man. 
He beat you up so that you are carrying your baby filled with bitterness. I'm going to talk to you about that in a minute. You got a little more time? Pregnant women should understand that when alcohol and tobacco are present together according to medical scientists, they perform a synergistic function. Even though one is bad and the other is bad, but when both of them get together, they actually increase the toxic potential of the both of them in their synergistic function. So when you put that stuff in your body when you are pregnant, here you are inhaling carbon monoxide. Nicotine is in your blood. And your blood's oxygen carrying capacity is going now to the fetus which depends on it. Is now taken over by that carbon monoxide. I want to talk to you about how you legislate or give to your children death while you're carrying them in the womb. You've seen now where those who use crack, males who use crack, males who use heroin, it is already in your bloodstream. And if it is in your bloodstream, it is now in your testicles. So when you manufacture sperm, the sperm which is the new life of you that will go on after you are dead, you have already sentenced your babies to death before they're even born into the world. Do you see why ignorance is a curse? You can talk about the white man all day long, but your ignorance is your worst enemy. And if we don't impart knowledge to our people, we who have it will be punished by God for keeping such knowledge from a sleeping, ignorant people. Are you listening? All praise is due to Allah. Crack, cocaine, heroin, alcohol affect the sperm. Crack, cocaine, alcohol affect the egg. Now the, a defective egg has been fertilized by a defective sperm. The defective sperm and egg is now trying to grip itself in a defective womb because the chemists of this world have women putting into themselves chemicals the nature of which they do not know or understand weakening the walls of the uterus so that the baby the new fertilized egg cannot even get a firm grip in the womb and so you have all of these miscarriages one after another not that you are unhappy about that oh Allah help me to deliver this message this day <laughs> you that are out there in the radio land get this tape study it think over it question it and then follow the truth of it. Look, beloved sisters, you are now poisoned and feeding poison to your children. What is the effect? 
the debilitation or weakening of the mental power, the brain power of your children. You weaken their physical structure, the structural base of your children by what you're putting in your mouth and in your system right now. You as a young girl should be tending to yourself, being ready to do the most sacred thing that a woman can do. You say, what is that sacred thing? I'm a feminist. What do you mean sacred thing? I'm a doctor, I'm a lawyer, I'm a chemist, I'm a typist, and you are also a fool. Wait a minute. I am not knocking you chemist, doctor, lawyer, teacher. Who are you chemically working for? Who are you typing for? What kind of business are you running? And what business is more important than the business of human life and a better humanity coming on this planet? This is why the Honorable Elijah Muhammad set up an MGT and GCC class teaching the woman how to rear her children because you know how to do everything else except how to bring a decent child on the planet that have the mental strength of a giant, a prophet, and a seer. The broadcast is over, but I'm not finished. You have the capacity to bring giants on this earth. Bringing a giant on the earth is not an accident. You have the capacity, woman, to birth a god on the scene. What did you say, Farrakhan? I'm going to talk about this now for the next half hour. If you get tired, get sleepy. I can't help that. I could say, come back Wednesday and I'll finish it, but I wouldn't finish it on Wednesday. I wouldn't finish it on Friday. This subject can go on for a while. All I'm going to do today is give you the rudiments of it just to show you, by the grace of God, what Allah is putting in your brother's head from the teaching of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. And you can take it or let it alone. You may say he's with God and God is with him, or you may say he's a phony. I don't care what you say, but listen to what I'm saying, and you weigh it for yourself. I'm not making up no teaching. I'm just delving into what has been given to me and you from the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. All right, and we can finish that rest part tomorrow. So make sure that y'all tune in tomorrow. Go ahead and raise your hands if you have something, uh, we are before I even said something, I got a sister that raised her hand. She must got something good. Golly. Now that's the fastest hand raise I've never seen. Do we have that sister key uh key twice on? I told y'all we was gonna call you out. Sister Key twice, are you on this morning? From from the Instagram live. And listen, family, if y'all got something from this, make sure y'all invite somebody tomorrow. Make sure you invite, invite. Uh, a friend, a sister, a cousin, a mother, a aunt, uh, a uncle, grandpa, whatever. Invite them tomorrow so we can get these numbers up. As y'all can see, man, he the minister ain't even really got started yet. I mean, we've been on here about an hour or so, 
and he not even all the way in. Let me just tell y'all, this is an eight-hour series. That's why we doing this thing all week. This thing is an eight-hour. Woo! All right. So uh, let's start off with, uh, hold on, let me get this. Obviously, this is a powerful subject. This thing is eight hours, ain't it? Golly. Somebody said, I need all eight. <laughs> let's go to Sister Dr. Kenyatta. Let's hear it. What stood out for you? We should have some good feedback today. Asalaamu alaikum. Well, oh, my goodness. What a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful message. I know I, I, I couldn't wait to raise my hand. So I'm just going to go real quickly because I could just talk so much about this subject. But it's so interesting because when we think about, can you hear me, Brother Ben? Yes, ma'am, we can. Okay, okay. Being a mother... We put so, nowadays, this world puts so little emphasis on the importance of being a mother. We put so much energy into, like, being this job and working this job. And I always say the best job I will ever have in my life, ever, is being a mother. And I put more energy into that than Anything else that I do is being a mother. What a precious gift. But our young girls today, they they are not even taught. I mean, of course, if you are a part of the nation, if you're blessed and you are a part of the nation, yes, I'm, I know. But just the average young girl growing up in this world today, being a mother is not. There is no, it's not like the end thing. It's not the thing to do. Everything else is more important than being a mother. And even when I'm teaching my daughter, you know, I always tell her, listen, you can be whatever you want in the world. But the most precious gift that you will ever have is being a mother. So you need to make sure that you understand the importance of your womb, taking care of yourself, all of those things. So, I mean, I could just go on and on, but oh my goodness, I wish that we as a community, right, would teach our young girls how precious and how rewarding and how important being a mother is. At a young age, like the minister said, you start, that starts at a young age as a child. So when you see the little girls, these little girls holding babies, their little baby dolls and things like that. We have to build them and let them know how important it is. But someplace we lose that. So our young girls today, the average young girl today, they don't see the importance of motherhood. They don't see the that that doesn't even seem cool to them, like being a mother or even like we look at being a housewife or working at home and taking care of a home like. Oh, like, what's that? That's not that. Like, that's not cool. Like, I don't want to do that. Like, I want to be this. I want to be that. But the first thing, taking care of home and knowing how to take care of your family and take care of your children and be a mother. We don't look at that as a community, as being uh, being the best job you will ever have or the best gift that you will ever have. So anyway, I'm just real passionate about that. I think this is beautiful and I'm so intrigued to learn and hear more about it. I'm going to let my daughter hear this. She's 18 and I'm like, I press this to her, but I'm going to make sure she listens to it herself so she can understand the importance of being a mother, taking care of your womb. And um, yeah, so anyway, I could go on and on, but thank you. 
Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. Praise be to Allah. Something that stood out for me, I think this stems from my, uh, <clears throat> what I seen my mother struggle with and go through. But um, hearing this again makes me, uh, it just makes me think about the responsibility of us as men. And I know sisters sometimes, you know, money itself, you know, it's like uh, I get that they don't want money thrown at them uh, because money itself is just, you know, a tool. But the freedom that a woman needs to properly be a mother, it just makes me appreciate being able to do it. Not that that's the only thing or, you know, that's the, 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 the only attribute or the only thing that you provide, but it becomes so valuable when, when when you see how much time needs to be given to a baby to really train them up the right way. Like that's one thing to have, you know, some little baby kids and, you know, they run around taking care of themselves and run around unsupervised, but to, but to give birth to a God and, and yeah, give birth to one, but also raise one, you know, as well. You know what I mean? Because after you give birth to it, don't mean that that process is over. There is um, teaching. She, she's the first teacher. Uh, she's the first nurse. She is the, 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 the medicine, the, the, the doctor for the family because inside of that kitchen, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad teaches us in How to Eat to Live that it, it's what goes in our mouths oftentimes that cause us to be sick. So the food that we're consuming, if we're always eating out and we're never getting a good cooked meal and things, so to know. So to know everything that a mother has to do, she also has to be provided with that environment to do so. Because trying to do all of that while working, while worrying about a, a bill, while worrying about a manager, a boss, while worrying about a light bill, a phone bill can obviously, I think, be stressful. So when a woman is dealing with the crying, she got to get up in the morning, the baby wants her breasts and things of that nature. It just, um, you know, just reminds me of our duty and why that duty of being a provider is important because if you give her some of your duty, then now, you know, the baby is being, you know, uh, raised either by themselves or by someone else who probably don't got the same principles, don't got the same mindset, don't have the same love for your child in those pivotal years of their lives. So that's one of the things that stood out for me F 75 of the work, percent of the work is with the woman. And that highly deals with the children when he talks about, you know, he has told us that the prayers that we have are answered through the womb. She's giving you, you're giving literal birth to the, to the answer to some of your prayers because they are made for the time that we are in. So what, I mean, look at the weight that's already on the mother's mind to be able to give birth to the future generation, the future leaders, the future problem solvers. So to add on that stress of, of our duty, is uh you know big and I and 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 for the brothers who are doing that salute to you because it's not easy you know in this world there's people who even if they got the money want still want to do 50 50 so to have the will and desire to provide that and take that responsibility away from her uh I don't think she'd be taken for granted so let's go over to uh sister Tiana up next Going once? Nah, I ain't no going once. <laughs> Listen. 
Assalamualaikum. You just ready. Y'all just be ready to cut off. Not on this, not on this topic. You ain't cut me off. Yeah, somebody had me already muted and I'm trying to unmute. You don't waste 20 seconds. You got five minutes now. All right, be quiet. All right, so assalamualaikum, first of all, family. But we okay. It's it's I'm just so filled up. But um um I'm gonna make it short and sweet. Um, first of all, I ain't sleep. I ain't eat, so that that's fasting. That's fasting, fasting. I ain't drink no water. I ain't do none of that. So this is divine time, and this is my frequency. This is my vibration. This is I manifested this moment right here, right now. All right. So surely I have turned myself over to thee. Like I just that I just got that. Like I surely I had to. It's no. It's like that's all I have to say. That's all I have to say. And surely I have already given birth to a God and I could do it again. Surely. But I just learned that. I just learned that. So this is just a powerful moment. Powerful call as usual. But like, um, this is incredible. Like this is beyond, beyond comprehension. So um, I'm ready for the eight hours. 10 hours, 24 hours. I'm ready. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. Well, y'all better get ready because this is truly an eight hour. Matter of fact, to be exact, eight hours, 21 minutes, and 12 seconds. We finna get some good feeding this morning. I mean, this week. Uh, we got a sister who said transparency. Um, this hit home for me as I am carrying my first child. And I am due in the next two and a half weeks. Look at that. Oh, look at the timing. Woo, perfect time to be tuning in to such a series. Let's go to Sister Brianna. Brother Ben. Brother yeah. Ben. Like we, used to, like we used to say on the old calls, tell them they got to bring their sleeping bags for this one, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Get ready. But I'm eight hours bringing sleeping bag. Go ahead, Sister Brianna. All right, let's go over to Brother Daniel. There we go. Okay. All right. <laughs> Apologies. Um, alaikum, everyone. Well, of course, this series is always phenomenal. Um, and you actually touched on one of the things I was gonna say because he was talking about the compact of the compound effect of like alcohol or drugs, and sometimes we forget that that means food too. Soy is not good for us. It's not good for the mental. All these processed foods, they stay in the body, and particularly in fat. Even if you got a little bit of fat, that's where the toxins are going because it doesn't want to go to the bloodstream. And the minister was talking about, um, well, just the name of it, giving birth to a God. That's not just what you eat. That's what you think. That's the music you listen to, the people that you're around. Donovan Elijah Muhammad said pregnant women shouldn't even look at wild animals we shouldn't even look at wild animals like wow just think of how profound that that is right there right and when you were talking about the environment that is huge like there's a couple of sisters here in new york that homeschool like like uh one of them she only has one daughter and i'm like praise be to allah man because my sister's going to me why <laughs> that's a that's a lot but it's amazing that we even have something like that Right, so that they're not learning Christopher Columbus found America that we all know isn't true. At least they're learning like they are gods 
at home and at school. Uh, whether you whether they go to MUI um, or or they don't or they're homeschool or whatever, um, it definitely does take a community. And having solid people around is phenomenal for the mental. Because man, if your mental isn't at peace, if you're worried and stressing about left and right every scenario, circumstance in life, um, then you're you're just passing that through to your children. So I don't have any children yet, inshallah. We're gonna start in like three years, but I'm starting now, listening to these series now, getting my mind right now body right now you don't have to wait until you're pregnant do it before then you know so praise be to Allah <laughs> yes, that's right inshallah yes ma'am uh brother Daniel 6x yes sir this is uh <laughs> someone like a family this is one of the favorite uh <laughs> messages um I'll, I'll say this and the minister said about this particular series it's a five-part series culminating in New York. He said, I am so proud, and I'm paraphrasing, of what Allah has blessed me to do with this series. To the point where if this is all you heard from me, this is enough to get the nation up and going. Mm. What is it about this five-part series that is so deep in its delivery of revelation? That it's enough to get the nation up and going. You don't need to hear nothing else. This is the 75% of the work being with the woman. And this is the science of mating that the enemy never wanted to teach us. But it's given to us in a way where the so-called made Negro, excuse my language, and Negris can put it to work right now. If we carry these messages into practice, this will can, this will take care of seventy five percent of the resurrection and the reformation work. This is why he said in the message that the responsibility and the work of the woman, no matter what we do, brothers, it is not as heavy on us as the woman because she actually forms and shapes the mind of the children in her womb, both male and female. She writes on the brain. He said that a man can shoot a good seed. But if the thinking of the woman is not right, she'll ruin it. He said a man can produce a not, go, not so good seed. But if that woman's thinking is right, she can take what's not so good and make it good. It's a heavy, heavy message. And I really... Uh, appreciate what our sister opened up with because she said a lot of women don't want to think it's honorable to produce good children to, to be the the mother in your home and all of these type of things or basically the seven units but what it told me was this message is a message of transforming the mind reorientating the thinking and that's very difficult because when the society makes you think one way especially our women, it's hard to go against the grain and allow your mind to be restructured against what the society say is the norm. It's very hard for a woman to go against the grain because she's a social creature. She likes to be accepted. So to go against the grain is very difficult. That's why I talk to some Muslims and they say, look, brother, 
It's not easy to wear your headpiece in an environment where you're the only one. It's very difficult. I'm like, oh, man, that's never thought about it that way. So uh, also what's coming to my mind, I don't want to jump ahead of the minister, but he said this, and I'm going to have to say it because it's a shocker, but he said it. He said the reason that 75% of the work is with you, and hopefully we get to it, he said because 75% of the problem is with you. I know that's heavy, but if the woman writes on the brain of the child in this most vulnerable state, that's a heavy work. That's a heavy responsibility. So I don't even think I need to use the whole five because there's so much said in this. We could <laughs> go over forever. But um, I see in my own situation where the mother, my ex-wife, played a, a heavy role in shaping this, the thinking of my own sons. I have four sons. And lo and behold, all of their thinking, in regards to how much Islam I try to put in there, her disposition, her thinking, her mental attitude, her emotion played a bigger role in shaping them than all the Islam I could have I fed them, the Honorable Mr. Farrakhan, 24-7. But if she didn't support me, if she didn't add that conviction while she was forming them and even in rearing them, unfortunately, ain't nothing moving. As-salamu alaykum, fam. Wa alaykum salam. Let's go over to Sister Yasina. Assalamualaikum. So this is really for, for us as women. Uh, thank you for this. Uh, having two daughters myself and rearing them in Islam. You know, we go through, we're going through the, the different stages of development right now. But one of the things that scientists are have are saying and brother Jabril, may I love you please with him he backed this up when a woman is born she's born with one to two million eggs those eggs are passed on to her from her mother so every generation you're getting the eggs of the previous generation that's a blessing in itself and it's an opportunity, if we think about it as women, it's an opportunity of women. You know, every generation you want to produce a child that is better than you. So how blessed are we in this time under these teachings where it, whether we're, we're mothers now or we're, you know, we're, we're praying to become potential mothers. We have the opportunity to take what Allah has already, already passed down to us from generation to generation to generation and make it something better. You can see that in your own self because we can look at ourselves and say, you know, not that, not arrogantly, but I'm so far ahead of my mother, but it's because of what she passed down to you, what she's giving you. So to, to take that into the future, but elevate, we're elevating the, the, the essence of who we are. So I want to say to just the sisters, Think about the kind of children you want to have, the kind of children you want to produce, which means you, we've got to be patient for the kind of man that, uh, that can give us the material to produce the gods 
that we want, we desire to produce. Again, it goes back to the key, key, key. You can't have, he go, you know, there are some nice looking men out there, but all nice looking men ain't right looking men. They, everything that look good to you ain't good for you like your mama taught you. So we have to go through the weeding process. That's why courtship is important. Because in courtship, whether you're, even if you're not Muslim, you, pr practice it. Because if you sit down without the emotion and you really listen to that person, you can start weeding that out. Pr courtship does not mean I got to go dumb, dumb, da dumb down the aisle because I can dumb, dumb, da dumb and it's dumb, dumb, dumb. So courtship is not definite. Saying I do and signing those papers can you can present prevent a lot of hardship by not signing those papers and not forcing your mama or whomever to make you force you into marrying this person because or they because they see something good in that person and you're looking at you see the reality of them. But don't get so desperate. And I know some of us we get up in age and we feel like our time is running out. But the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said that a woman can be will be able to have babies up until we're what, 85. And um, I don't know how many of y'all want to try that one, but he did say that and Elijah don't lie. So if you gotta wait till you 83 and he ain't and you know and you marry him and y'all can still work that thing out, then be patient because you want good children. Good children, good mindset, right mindsets produce good children. And we and you have to be in the right mindset. It don't matter how old you are, if you can have the most beautiful marriage the most beautiful children and everything is right in the womb. It, the, the trial comes after that baby is born. That's when parenting begins. You're in, you're in a process as a girl, you're going through everything when you're pregnant, but the real test is when that baby is born. So don't just prepare for the baby shower. Prepare yourself for the longevity of raising and, and giving birth to a God. It starts in the womb, but the process happens after the womb. Assalamualaikum. After the pregnancy. Assalamualaikum. Walaikum salam. <sighs> I ain't got nothing to say after that. Brother Ahil, I was going to say something, but my mind went blank. Brother Ahil. <laughs> uh, morning, family. I finna say you could finish your statement if you still had the time, brother. Nope, <laughs> if you nope. remember it. Nope. Go ahead. I'll stop letting everybody. Um, a couple things stood out from what the minister was t talking about this morning. Um, but I, another one thing that stood out to me is uh, a phrase when he said, "Self abuse is forbidden by Allah." And diving into like the context and in everything of what that means to me um self-abuse is forbidden by law that's even like poisoning yourself with the foods we eat as he said like or people that participate in, in drinking or smoking like that's that's self-abuse to yourself because you're not taking care of your health in, in the way that god intended you the way the, in the way that honorable Elijah muhammad gave us the blueprint to live properly you know in August 1st of this month, I've been four years cold turkey from cigarettes. So I used to smoke uh, two packs a day when I was active duty in, in the Navy, when I got out the service. 
I seen <laughs> y'all gonna judge me, but I seen some people in in New York. They was buying loose squares. You know what I'm saying? They've gone there and buy loose cigarettes, and I I just felt like I felt like a fiend going in there spending seventy five cents or fifty cents just for a couple of cigarettes. You know what I'm saying? I was like, no, I'm. After I seen somebody else do it and I seen what they look like, I was like, damn, that that's what I look like. I was like, oh no, I gotta cut this out today, <laughs> right now. And like this, and then I stopped. Whenever I did stop cold turkey, I stopped, and then I went around people who continued to smoke, and then just the smell of it, I was like, oh my god, I can't believe I even participated in this act. I don't even know why I was drawn to do so, but being in the military, you'll be you'll be drawn to do certain things. That's just the how the military stress you out, but. Yeah, self-awareness, self-care, self-discipline, and there's another self-word in there, but it's an eight-hour uh, topic, and that's just one of the things that stood out to me. The self-abuse is forbidden by a law. You know what I'm saying? As-salamu alaykum, fam. Alaykum salam. Yes, sir. Uh, next up is Lethally Regal. Hello. Oh. Are you on that Bluetooth? Yes, again, I had to step out from my classroom because I'll be listening to these calls in the morning and my students know, okay, y'all, y'all uh, prepare yourselves for your work today because I'm preparing myself for mine. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's right. But I, this morning, um, if first I want to um, say what stands out for me as far as the power calls in general. You said earlier, Brother Ben, that um, we've been doing or you've been doing this for a couple months and I'm not sure exactly how long but about two months ago my brother he's in prison and he was um in the wrong place at the wrong time and sent to a different prison somewhere that who it just it, it it brought up feelings of like we fear for his life and and things like that so these power calls what I've been doing in the morning is fasting and tuning in and then afterwards I write a letter to my brother every single day and just share the message from the cause. So I just want to say thank you for that. And this particular call stands out for me because I was just talking to a friend of mine about how I'm her godmother, her chil her children's godmother, sorry. And um, I've just been kind of drawn away, not because I I don't want to to play that role because I you know I, I'm grateful that she she um given me she's given me that responsibility and trusts me to you know be in her kid's life. But just me preparing to raise a family of my own, that's what I've been doing. And and this is right on time for me. So that's just all I wanted to share. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing those messages with your brother. Praise be to Allah. Man, Sister Randisha said it's been five months. Wow, I'm talking about this time is flying. I keep saying a couple months, man. I thought we started two months ago. Golly. I can't imagine. But, uh. Something that came to my mind is that uh, the minister said we are righteous by nature and wicked by circumstance. So this is what's just coming to my mind. So this is Brother Ben speaking. We just got to make sure that we don't write the wrong things on the baby's mind. Because it said born in sin and shaped in iniquity and it's like well 
the minister in, in, in one of our, in one of the lectures, I believe is fear, faith, and truth. He talked about how the child naturally pulls on the breast of the woman. Now, nobody taught the baby how to do this. When the baby is, I mean, crawling, it's, it's naturally doing these things. So there's a natural instinct inside of the child. There's an intelligence that all that's already present in the child. So, yes, we are reading. Yes, we are having the right thoughts and things of that nature. But I think it's also so that we don't tamper with and paint with the wrong brush on the baby's mind. Because the minister says we are all Muslim. What does that mean? We are all Muslim. If we was left alone, not born in sin, shaped in iniquity, right? Influenced by adults that's doing the wrong thing, we would naturally submit our will to do the will of God. That's why he says we are born, we are all Muslim. A Muslim is one who submits their will to do the will of God. So if you're new on here, and you thought Muslim mean, oh, them the people that strap bombs on themselves and say Allah Akbar and blow. Listen, Allah Akbar simply means God is the greatest. So there's things that you've seen on TV and movies and things of that nature that has thrown us off. But if we just look at the definition of the word, it's just one who submits their will to do the will of God. So, you know, yes, we the first teacher, but also get us out the way. Our, our, our human abilities, our shortcomings, our falls, our, you know, we're going to do some wrong and things of that nature. We just got to make sure that we protect the baby from that. And naturally through giving the baby the word, letting the baby hear the minister and us reading to the baby and things of that nature. It'll grow up, you know, um, the, the, the way it should be. But I think a lot of times as I'm listening to the minister talk about, you know, the baby's brain, which he'll get into. Y'all will hear him talk about that in uh, probably in a day or two. But we are the, the mother, for the most part, is writing on that baby's mind, the way that she thinks. And um, imagine having to guard your thoughts, how you got to concentrate. This is not a passive thing. This is a I, I when a negative thought comes up because they're going to come up. I have to actively rewire the mind, reprogram my mind if I'm thinking different. And um I think that also improves the mother in this process. If she truly loves the son, if she truly loves the daughter, she'll be willing to do that work. But what I'm what I'm getting out of that, as she's doing the work for him or her, she's also doing it for herself. What I'd even realizing is she's cleaning up her mind for the baby, but she's also doing it for herself. So, yeah, that's all that that I was uh, thinking about. But let's go over to Brother Wesley. Assalamu alaikum family. Um, powerful message. What, what stood out to me, whenever I listen to this particular lecture, it makes me think of what um, you know, Brother Ye spoke about on one of his albums where he said that I never understood Planned Parenthood because I never met someone who planned to be a parent in the hood. And how it's a this is a planning that you have to do. The, the thoughts that we have, like we're speaking on right now, um, you know, the brain has over 50 to 60,000 thoughts a day. And what is being dominated? Is it dominated with negativity? Is it dominated with seeking pleasure, especially for us men? Are we just looking to get pleasure from that woman or are we actually looking to plant that seed where we want to where we want to birth for God? And are we doing what needs to be done to really get ready for that responsibility? And when the minister spoke on about the abuse 
Um, and and it, it brought to me as well that abuse of a woman is not just with your hands, it's also with your words. And we sometimes can feel as if we're not doing anything, we're not putting our hands on a woman. But if our words aren't um, in the right way, if we're not using the right words, or we're using profanity like he spoke on, where that's the misuse of language, that can also kill the spirit. That can also um, damage or uh, cause damage to that child as well. Even the child that isn't conceived yet is not giving the right environment and that just leads me to how environment is so important um not only if you're not taking in drugs or not you may not be drinking but if you're around other people who are doing that that can also influence you to want to partake or be around get that secondhand smoke you you still are causing harm to yourself as well um and then then lastly i'll, I'll land on this as well um just just speaking on when you say that everything when um sister Yasina brought how everything that looks good may not be good for you so that is like that food that we say you know they had the uh the enemy makes it where the food is appealing to the eye the commercials got the the different sauces dripping off the burgers and this that and the third and then when you get there you realize it's not <laughs> what they advertise and then you're still going to consume it and that's causing that long-term effect or damage and that we may uh see that as okay it's not hurting me right now but over time, it's causing damage. And that um, last thing I say as well is that he spoke on how stagnation is death and how death is that degenerative process. And if we're just staying stagnant in our way that we move in, the way that we think and our studying and the way we fellowshipping and making it to the mosque and making it to these, these power calls and getting around other individuals so that we can glean different knowledge and wisdom from other people's experiences. That's how we can really can uh, create an environment that's going to help us birth a God, even if we're not in that process of birthing or conceiving or having, you know, in marriage and making a child. Uh, you're also creating an environment in your mind and we want to constantly be coding our minds with positivity, coding our minds with these teachings so that those negative thoughts can't dominate the way we live. Assalamu alaikum. Walaikum salam. Something just came to my mind and the thought is this. We got so much work to do. There should be never a day that comes up where we say, what's the play? <laughs> Listen, man, I got to improve me. I got to improve the baby. I got to learn about the baby. I got to manage my thoughts. I got to make sure my thoughts is positive. I got to make sure that what I'm eating is right. I got to make sure what I'm drink drinking is good. I got, there's no way that we got all this responsibility that we hearing and we ain't, and we don't have nothing to do tomorrow. I don't know what's on the agenda tomorrow. I don't know what's on the agenda today. What's going on? What you got going today? Oh, man, ain't nothing, you know, I can't call it. We should never be able to say I can't call it. We should never be able to say, boy, I'm sure old boy. God, man, it's just, I just don't know what to do. It's so much for us to do, men and women. So that's what comes to my mind, man, the idle time that we have. We should always be in constant. And I'm not saying don't have a relief. But damn, what do you need a relief for if you ain't been doing nothing? Your mind ain't tired. Mind tired from doing what? Scrolling all day? So now, man, we need to learn uh, how to, you know, really focus on that time management because time is really, I don't know if it's just me, but I feel like the earth is, is turning to look a bit more faster than it was a few years ago. I mean, when I say a couple of months ago, it really feel like we started this a few months ago. Here in five months, Man, we about to have a baby, too, uh, in, in September. I mean, it seemed like it, we just found out a couple weeks ago. So this thing is, I'm talking about time is moving. 
I, man, somebody told me that that was 25 the other day. I said, God, now I'm not even 25 no more. I can remember being under 25, being a part of the so-called A class, you know, between those ages and 25. Now I'm, I'm moving into to, to middle class, elder mode. I said, golly, I'm not a part. I'm not even really the youth no more because I think it starts, stops at 25. But I'm still youth. But, yeah, man, it's like, man, time is going by. So all this idle time that we have, we don't know what to do. We don't got nothing to do, man. Listen, we got to. Look at all the responsibility that we have and always be in constant, constant study because this is our future. The babies is our future and we are a part of the future, whether we know it or not, because the baby's got to learn from us. The mother, uh, the, 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 the father. So it's just too much for us um, that we're over, that we have to uh, be guardian over for us to be bored throughout the day and not know what we're doing. Let's go over to Sister Nani. She's speaking on a call this morning. <laughs> she can unmute herself. I was pressing the unmute button. I see what's going on. When you hit that unmute unmute button, it says the host doesn't allow it. So y'all got to, yeah, that's why we be struggling. Be hitting that button, but it don't come out, come off. Um, that's what I'm like, everybody. But I wanted to say that um, hearing the teachings before being pregnant, it's, it, it, it definitely hit hard, but now, especially this particular lecture, I want to say this is my like third or fourth time listening to it. Um, it hits way harder, like way harder than I ever thought. Um, it, you know, lessons, the lessons from the minister could in a sense of, it's not easy to be able to guard your thoughts. Don't realize how much we have around us that we actually soak up that can um, affect our emotions. And now you have to think about this baby. You have to think about, you know, the formation of the cells, because at the end of the day, the child's blood is filtered through the umbilical cord, which your body literally transfers the good blood from from you to the baby and the bad from baby and out of your body. You really have to guard everything that you think and everything that you see. And, you know, when you get into these bad, mo bad moods or, you know, negative thought process processes, it's hard to realize that it's not just necessarily affecting you, but it's affecting your child too. Um, and me coming into motherhood now, like we, we, it's a countdown at this point. Um, you kick it in the overdrive and it's almost like it happens instantaneously for the most part. Like when you start to feel the little flutters and you're, you no longer are thinking about self firsthand. Now it's all about little baby and hearing everything that I personally am responsible for with this child growing in me is it's a, it feels like a lot and it sounds like a lot to be honest, but when you're just moving, in the best interest of your child, you start to do those things like off of instinct. Um, I have not got, like ever been so protect my peace in my life, like ever, ever. I got a little taste of peace before and then it was like, okay, I love this and I'm a protected. But now it's like, if you don't bring some type of 
positivity into my life if and it's reciprocal as well but if it's not to the point to where like if I think about you if I I hear you or see you and this is bad immediately I just remove you I remove whatever it is so hearing the minister talk about how um how strong it is and how high of a, of a responsibility you have with carrying these children we don't we don't think of it as being so high value really until you you are in that position um and i can say that firsthand so um this has become one of my favorite lectures um, I learned something new every single time the baby stole what I was going to say about writing on, on the baby's brain. We, I believe we were listening to it yesterday. Um, but that's so true. That's so true. And we don't realize how like heavy of an impact we have on these children um, until it, it, it has been broken down this way for myself, at least that I can say. So I sound like him. Well, like Salam, something else just came to my mind, man. And what came to mind is this process of bringing a baby into existence <clears throat> should also be how we bring all ideas into existence because sisters uh, and brothers, sisters aren't the only uh, people that can get pregnant. We can get pregnant too. Now this ain't no uh, LG. We're not, we're not going now. What I mean by that is the mind. Okay. Uh, I, we the minister at one point stopped doing interviews. He, he he wasn't on the scene, and he said, "I'm pregnant." No, not in not not in not in this room, but the mind, right? And 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 we can impregnate somebody's mind with an idea. So when you're bringing an idea, a business, a thought, a new solution into the world, we also gotta. Uh, keep negative people away. See, we also got to be mindful of our thinking. We also got to be mindful of what's going in. See? And so oftentimes, man, uh, what damages a, a, a physical child is also what's damaging some of these ideas that we got that are beautiful ideas, good ideas, but, but we allow other people's negativity to cause us to abort, uh-oh, to abort the mission, to abort the idea. What happens when you're pregnant? Oh, girl, you shoot, you gonna, you don't shoot. I had to go through this, then I went through this. See, why are you giving me all the negative stuff you had to go through? What's what's your motive? See, that's what that what they do also in business. Oh, brother, you're gonna have to do this. Oh, see, you're gonna do this. Now it's causing you to abort the baby that was in your mind. And all you have to do is continue to feed it, develop it, grow it. Yeah, it ain't going to be no walk in the park. Yes, you're going to have to get outside your comfort zone. Yes, you're going to have to sacrifice, but it could be done. So be mindful who you let know that you're pregnant. Be mindful that who you let, who you let around you during this sacred time of bringing also a new idea into existence. Be mindful of the, the doubtful thoughts that may come to mind. Oh, man, this ain't going to be successful. Oh, man, what if this happened next? Oh, what if this? This is your own thought. You got you to gotta, you gotta block. You got to protect it. So that's another thing that came to my mind, brothers, because I know this is, this is very important. I know it don't seem like men 
oh, y'all don't feel what we feel. And we don't feel what y'all feel. Oh, I mean, I listen, I thank a lot, boy. Who he he pick, he knew who to pick now. Cause he, if he would have picked us, whoo, we wouldn't have so many humans on the planet. But that's all right. He Allah is the best of planners. So y'all got y'all pain. We probably ain't gonna never be able to get that type of pain. But the pain of knowing I was uh, the pain of a man that knows his responsibility and willing to accept his responsibility, that mental stress is there as well. Y'all probably don't understand. It seemed like all you doing is just sitting there and you just got to watch it. I know it seemed like that, but when you know, when, when one accepts the responsibility, and the reason I'm saying accept, because some brothers don't give a damn. Hey, I don't give a damn. We both going to have to, you are you going to have to, soon as you, soon as you ready to heal, I'm ready for you. To, you know what I mean? But, but someone who accepts his responsibility that, hey, I got this. I'm the one that's responsible for creating that. It's on your mind. Damn, boy, what if this don't happen? What if I'm not able to do that? Now, that's on me. That weight is on my shoulders. So it's a, it's a responsibility that's in our mind as well, making sure, okay, boom, boom. Then y'all already got pregnancy emotions. Now we having to fight. Do I want to fight back today or do I? Because I don't want her to be like, F this nigga, because then that's going to go into the baby. I don't want the baby coming out not liking me. So sometimes I got to buy out, knowing I ain't say that, but all right, cool. I said, I apologize. We got to come on. Oh, see, we got to think about all that, brothers. Now, see, now, see, they never get to hear our pain, brothers. So I need y'all to come out the mic and bear witness a little bit about that pregnancy emotion. See, we got to. We got to deal with that. I be thinking about that, man. I don't want to make her too mad. Cause dang, is that going to go into my child? Oh, come you better on, better preach. Brother. You better preach. Now I got a pot. Okay. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> come on, brothers. Come on now. I know I'm not the only Just one. Let's go. Let's go. Come on. Come on with it. Now. Come <laughs> on with it. Let's, let's go back. Let's go back to sister. Yasina. <laughs> Woo boy. Stop causing trouble in other people's household. <laughs> don't y'all don't y'all come off mute talking about I bear witness. Mm. You better <laughs> leave that alone. Leave don't let brother Ben get mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. that's why your wife laughing in the comments now. <laughs> but no, both of you said what I was gonna say, but you just hit on the Dianetics part. I don't even know if you, you know that about you about not saying anything mm. because when a woman is pregnant and I teach I'm a doula so I teach this to the to the brothers and the sisters that when a woman is pregnant if she coughs you rendered that baby unconscious wow. if she bumps her stomach against accidentally bumps against the drawer or the side of the wall it renders that baby unconscious yes Brother Raymond says it, and it, it creates prenatal engrams. So whatever you say, when that baby is unconscious, just like the human being outside of the womb, then whatever is said in that environment, it goes into the mind of that child. That's why when a woman is, when you're giving birth, it's important to have the room quiet. So when she's giving, when she's going through those labor pains, when she's going through everything, the, the whole birthing process, everybody needs to be quiet. The doctor shut up, the nurses, everybody just shut up because she's going through something and that baby can't determine what's going on on, on the outside. So when, when she's mad at you, brother Ben, and you, you know, want to say something, mm, 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 just shh, mm, shh, because whatever her emotions are, 
that baby, when the, when those chemicals go from her brain to her womb, that baby cannot discern between whether mommy is upset with daddy or whether dad or 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 whether mommy is upset with that baby. Mm. That baby cannot discern when it's hearing the father's voice rise on the outside, whether that father or that person on the outside is upset with that baby or upset with the person that they're having the conflict with. So it's a it's the, <laughs> this is how to give birth to a guy. Shut up. Um, and for the sisters who are who have not had intercourse with anyone. I just want to say this and I'm done. You can't get your virginity back. It's not like calling and getting it. It's not like calling the credit card company because somebody uh, stole some money from you. So you want a return on, on, on what your on, on that. You can't get a return on your investments because you bought that dress and that dress don't fit right. So you want to return, return. You can't do that. Once you give yourself to somebody to a man, make sure you give it to somebody who's worthy. That's why marriage is important. And scientists, they're battling over it, but scientists are in a war because some scientists say that every time a woman has sex, unprotected sex with a man, that his DNA is embedded in her DNA. So that's why they say every time you have sex with a woman who's had sex with another man and another man and another man and another man, that you also have a sex with that man. That's why they say that. Or or for the woman, you, you, you're having sex with whatever partner they had. It's the transfer of DNA. It's the transfer. And it's also the transfer of energy. Because whatever happened in that past relationship, if she hasn't, if she hasn't purified herself of that, then she's taking all that energy into that next relationship. So for us as women, we've got to be the ones who say, I'm a valuable, I'm the most valuable commodity, the most valuable essence in the universe. All the LGBTQ, HRJK, elemental peace, they can want to be a woman if they want to. But you don't want, you, you, you want the key, 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 but you don't want all of this that comes with being a woman. You can have the cycle. You can have the labor pains. Oh, Sister Nani, before I go, they have these devices where the men, they have this little device that you can put on the man, on the man's belly. Uh, so when you the mute button, through, we need the mute button. So when <laughs> That's right, Sister Athena. Oh, you know what? Listen. <laughs> that must have been Brother Cam the mute. Nope, I'm already on it. I already told him about it, sis. I know. Trust me, Adam was on it from the jump. He don't want that. He does not want that type of them problems at all. <laughs> boy, y'all a chip, boy. Golly. Woo. See what y'all. You started it. <laughs> See what y'all. Somebody said, give her an extra five minutes. No sub, boy. Had your brothers on deck. Let's go to uh, let's go to brother Martin. <laughs> Assalamualaikum. That's beautiful family that we can have fun and laugh and learn all at the same time. Um, I wanted to uh state that uh, mere belief accounts for nothing unless it's carried into practice. This teaching, this lecture series, is very deep and serious. But if we don't put it into daily practice. It's really just going to fall on that stony ground. 
Um, and I also loved how when the minister was talking about the carcinogens, he tapped right into today's um, activities of vaping. Um, and then I would also like to um, get us to think more seriously about getting hard copies of books and uh, the old tapes that the lectures used to be on because if this internet, when this internet thing shut down, we need to still have the teachings readily handily to keep us going forth during our time, especially the minister's uh, music collection. Let's change the world. It is a little expensive, but we got money for everything else. Let's support our minister. Assalamu alaikum. Well, alaikum salam. All right, finally, we have reached our time. It's 9.58. Save your comments oh. for tomorrow. Save your comments for tomorrow. If you got something that you wanted to share today, uh, every morning and from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m., that's when we are live. I really appreciated the feedback. I love the laughs, love the fun. Man, this, man, I, man, this, we need to imagine when we do this and we three years in. Oh, I, listen. I just want to say, I want to say this last week. I am so proud of us. I remember for about a month or two straight, we was just trying to get a hundred people on here to just peek at it. If we just got over a hundred and went back down, we was like, yeah, now we, I mean, consistently over a hundred and some people on this call every morning, learning, growing, collaborating about truth. You know what I mean? That's, that's, that's fascinating, man. So our next goal is going to be 200. Imagine having 200 people on here every morning getting this type of knowledge, getting this type of teaching and understanding. Man, we on our way of changing the world. So I thank everybody who invites people. I thank everybody who comes on, all the veterans that be on every morning to help this power called exist. And uh, I'll see you guys, inshallah, tomorrow. And also make sure if you want to attend your local Muhammad Mosque study group to go check this out and see how it is in person Go to www.noistudygroup.com, www.noistudygroup.com, and the sister's going to reach out to you and find out what your local Muhammad Mosque and study group is and give you guys the instructions on uh, moving forward. So have a blacktastic day, and I'll see you guys, inshallah, in the morning. Same Zoom link, same passcode, 8 a.m. Assalamu alaikum.